Hello and welcome back to the No Limits Podcast with Rick. Hope you are having an awesome day so far and hope you are having a much better day than I had starting out today. Oh my God. All right. So thanks for asking. So in regards to my morning, uh, it has been a, a whirlwind of a start to the day. As you know, if you've listened to this podcast, I am quite a man of routine. I've been having, been doing the about the same morning routine with some slight changes over the past two years, every single morning without missing. And what that involves typically is usually cold shower and then avoiding my phone for the first hour, delaying my coffee for the first 90 minutes, going for a walk, getting some sunlight in the eyes. So I did that this morning as usual. And usually what I like to do is get a cup of water, fill it with some salt to help with hydration and just do a couple laps around the pool before I go for my walk and then I'll grab a coffee on the way home and then crack on with work. So today, as I was doing that, gazing into the sun, very relaxed puppy that um, if you've been following me on Instagram, see I've been looking after a Bali street dog at the moment and she was following me walking circles around the pool. And as I was walking, I was gazing at the sun, looking to the right. And then before you know it, I've just snap rolled my ankle, smashed the glass that was in my hands, fell into the pool. And of course I was wearing shorts, which are not suitable for the pool whatsoever. They were cotton shorts and my friend Steve's company. So sorry for that, bro. Um, and I learned a very valuable lesson. So the breed of the puppy that I'm looking after is called a Leonberger. And they're, from what I looked at on Google, they're actually really good rescue dogs and really good for, uh, really good swimmers. They've got like really, almost like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very foamy, probably not the right word, but very like foamy paws that are apparently really good for paddling and swimming. And apparently they're used for rescue dogs. And the lesson I learned was that this was either a lie or my puppy just wanted me to drown because I come out of the water expecting her to be there. Maybe, you know, being a little bit worried that her dad just almost broke his ankle, fell into the pool and uh, she legged it. She just ran into the girl's room who's staying at the place I'm staying and just left me for dead. So, you know, lesson learned as the uh, saying goes, nobody's going to save you. You only can save yourself and you just can't put too much trust in others so um, that was a very valuable lesson so then went for my walk ankle hurting got my coffee come home sit on the laptop put my coffee down and pour it all over my keyboard so it's been an amazing start to the day and um, the laptop is working hopefully we'll see how it goes if this podcast works so here we are we ended up getting a haircut got a gym session in and know a nice haircut and a good pumpy gym session hitting pbs all around and we're back in action so into the topic of today so this was a question i got the other week when i put up a question box in regards to the previous podcast with my man mason Eady and fellow no limits coach anthony satoma that was a really fun one so if you haven't listened to that definitely recommend and anthony always bring in some classic questions as always um and with the question that was sent through, we didn't get the chance to cover it, but I thought it'd be a really good idea to do an entire podcast on it. So the question was, why bulk and cut? Why not just build muscle at maintenance? 
And this is a really good question because yes, like building muscle in like a, as much as I hate the word bulking, I'm not a massive fan of cut. Um, I was having a conversation with, with uh, some girls the other day about this where they mentioned bulking and I said, oh, I hate that word. And they asked why, which is a great question because it's probably a bit weird to just be like, I hate a word. Um, and the reason why I don't really like the idea of the word bulk is because I find, especially for males, that can really set the tone for like bulk. Like, let's just eat everything in sight. Let's just get massive. And I've made that mistake before and it's resulted in me ending up at 107 kilos at 17 years old, basically morbidly obese, extremely overweight, extremely unhappy, um, very low confidence in myself, would, you know, never take a jumper off without making sure I've tucked my t-shirt in because I was so concerned that my big stomach was going to pop out of my shirt, all because the word bulk and looking up at previous, you know, bodybuilders in the back in the day, like Lee Priest, who used to do that approach where it was just like, eat whatever, get massive and then just shred it all down. Of course, it's never an amazing idea to follow the absolute genetically elite because oftentimes genetically elite individuals can do anything and everything kind of works. So that was a lesson learned. So I mentioned that I probably like the word build better, improvement phase better, or just like a, a muscle building focus phase. Uh, but I'll keep using the word bulk and cut because that's what was used in the question that was asked. And when I got this question, my thoughts were, fair enough. It's like when you go through a, a bulking phase, you're you know, pushing the boundaries with your ability to eat food and having to force feed. Oftentimes, I'm sure you've gone through productive building phases in past. It's resulted in you maybe sitting at the table late at night, consuming two of your last meals of the day in one go. You know, feeling like you're six months pregnant at the end of the meal, feeling lethargic, feeling tired, um, you know, seeing body weight trend up, maybe seeing some consequential body fat coming on as defaulted being in a calorie surplus. And then with a cutting phase, you know, you're, you're hungry, very high fatigue, you're very food focused, you have to be a bit more sacrificial in regards to the events you go to, decisions around meals. So I can see why the almost um, shiny uh, object in a way of just like, hey, why not just eat at maintenance and we'll just recomp our way there and we'll just build muscle at maintenance because you can. You can build muscle at maintenance and there was a study that came out recently from memory. It was from Eric Helms, who's a really good educator, evidence-based practitioner in the fitness industry. One of the good ones for sure. And the study they did that had three groups from memory. One was at maintenance cows, one was at 5% surplus, and one was at a 15% surplus. And this was a short study because it was super controlled. And they basically controlled all variables of the individuals. And there wasn't a major difference in muscle growth over that time between maintenance, 5% surplus, and a 15% surplus. The group that had the biggest strength increase, I think they measured their one rep max on bench press, was the 5% surplus group. So that 
gives you a bit of an insight there with, you know, potentially if the study went for eight weeks, what may have happened, I feel like there would have been maybe a bit of a runaway trend where potentially the maintenance group, you know, still built muscle, but 5% group probably built some more. And then maybe the 15% group built no more muscle than the 5% group, which, you know, could definitely be the case. And with this study, it definitely brought some questions about like, okay, well, if muscle can be built at maintenance, you know, why not just do that? Keeping in mind with this study, it was done in trained athletes, but not your, you know, very experienced trained athletes. Like these were, you know, pretty newbie people in the gym. And as we know, oftentimes the saying of like, whatever is a blessing can often be a curse as well. And newbie gains is a blessing and a half. Because in newbie gains, you can almost do anything and you're gonna build muscle. You're so sensitive to growth. And unfortunately, this is where I say it could potentially be a bit of a curse. Unfortunately, this gets a lot of people stuck because they don't assess what season of their training career they're in. So let's say for the first one to two years of training, whatever they did worked really well and they were making progress. And then they think, okay, well, you know, it worked back then, so it's going to continue to work. And unfortunately, potentially, a lot of their gains maybe came from just the newbie gains where they would have made progress by default. And then they need to truly refine their progress to go to the next level. And oftentimes, I do work with a lot of individuals like this that will reach out and be like, man, like I was making so much progress in the first like one to two years when I started training and now I've just not been seeing changes like I don't know what's going on and oftentimes it's a result in us refining the process and you know looking through the lens of okay you're a more experienced trainer so by default it's going to be harder to accrue new muscle tissue so we need to refine things and yes it's going to result in being a little bit uncomfortable but as always discomfort is where the growth is if we're not going through periods of discomfort it's likely we're not pushing the boundaries of our potential and pushing ourselves to you know the direction that could move us towards achieving some amazing progress that we're really proud of so with the maintenance question i think it'd be a good idea to cover like what would be the benefits of staying around maintenance so like i covered before one of the good things could just be not having to deal with the discomfort of going through a bulking phase, not having to deal with the discomfort of going through a cutting phase. You don't have to worry about, you know, being as, you know, meticulous with your, you know, pushing the surplus, pushing the food down. Um, you don't have to be as aggressive with the deficit to, you know, pull off the body fat that would have come on over your bulking phase. Um, you also, you know, your wardrobe doesn't change that much. Like I know, uh, for me, and I feel like maybe you might be the same, I've got like a wardrobe of clothes that I have when I'm in my bulking phase and a wardrobe of clothes that I have when I'm in my shredding phase. And it can be a bit of a psychological stressor if maybe you're you know, constantly being lean and then you go into your first building phase and then you stress out because let's say uh, if you're a female, you're a size small and then you go up to a size medium. Like I understand that could be like a bit of a, whoa, okay, and sometimes I know for males and females both, we can get caught in the trap of having our identity surrounded around our scale weight or what size we are. Um, and it can be uncomfortable. I would say in that scenario, embrace that you've gone up a size. You're in a building phase, you wanna build muscle. So 
of course, you're going to go up in size. I take it as a good thing. But of course, I understand that psychologically it could be a little bit of a stressor. And also, you don't have to rely on willpower as much because willpower and discipline, they're things you don't want to be leveraging all the time. I find it's a good idea to only use them when needed. And why in one of my previous podcasts about habit formation, I talk so much about pre-planning ahead, environment design, making things easy to stick to and things that are pushing you off track from the goals you want to achieve, making them difficult or you know hard to get if it's like say food when your goal is to stay lean, for example. And you don't have to stress too much about body composition changes because if you're sitting around maintenance, you're not going to see really drastic changes. You're just sort of going to hover looking about the same. And if you don't mind the way you look too much and you're not too phased about seeing like big peaks in your progress, then of course, like that's absolutely fine. And at the end of the day, like it's your decision and it's up to you what you take from this. Um, but yeah, so those will be some of the benefits. I think if I've missed anything, just let me know. I think that'll be um, some good benefits of the maintenance phase. And now what I think could be some potential downsides with the goal of just aiming to build muscle at maintenance. So I have actually done this when I was, I was about 19 to about 21. I don't know what it was. I think it was because I just done like a, a like really aggressive cut, got lean and I wanted to just like keep that. I just wanted to stay lean all the time and got trapped in that mindset and like having my identity as like Rick the lean guy. So from 19 to 21, I hovered about the same body weight, never really did a proper um, build phase. I did try to do the whole building muscle and maintenance. So that was about a two year period. And it hit me when I did a cut from then. So I thought, sweet, like I've been, you know, pushing it in the gym, been training hard, let's go, let's let's see what what I've built. And I leaned down when I was about 22, 23, and there wasn't much difference from the last time. And that was a bit of a lesson learned. Now, if I was younger, newer to training, because keeping in mind, I started training when I was 15. So at 19, four years in the gym, probably two of them spinning my wheels, doing nothing right. Um, One of them still probably doing half all right. And there was probably one good year of training. So I wasn't an absolute newbie. So that maybe played a role there. And something else that I think would be really challenging, and maybe this is something that's occurred for you, where oftentimes if we're just, you know, going with the flow, aiming to stay around maintenance, it can be really hard to gauge, are we actually making progress? Especially if the goal is to build build muscle when you're aiming to maintain your body composition. Because it's like, okay, scale weight trends up a little bit. Is it trending up because it's muscle or are you not at maintenance? Do you pull your calories down or not? It's a lot of like decision fatigue and it makes it really hard to track um, what's actually going on. And I think what you'll find as well is the more vague a goal is, the less as much as motivation is not something that's worth relying on. It is extremely overrated and it's not something that don't even really think about it the only time i really think about motivation is based on my motivation to train as a gauge of how 
overreached I am from a training phase. So oftentimes in my motivation train super low, I'll like look at my program like, all right, what week am I in? I'm usually in week five or six, and it's usually right before I've got a deload. So I use that as a gauge of, okay, I've been sending in the gym, it makes sense, my body wants to rest, so motivation training is low. Then I leverage, you know, leaning into discipline rather than, you know, week one of a new phase, like motivation super high after a deload. So with vague goals, it's hard to have that motivation and clarity with what needs to be achieved to achieve your goal. If you're just kind of staying around the same place, it's not as you know, exciting, not that things need to be very, very exciting, but it's kind of vague, it's kind of hard to gauge, it's kind of just in the middle of no man's lands and it can be you know, hard to really think. Because oftentimes, one thing I find that helps clients a lot, and you might be the same, having a clear goal, having clarity with what needs to be done to achieve that goal, follows with so much less overwhelm, knowing the decisions you need to make each day, what you need to plan ahead for, how you're going to go about things and what you should experience or, or anticipate experiencing over that journey. So if your goal is to lose body fat, it's clear, you know what needs to be done. If your goal is solely to build muscle, it's clear, you know what needs to be done. If you want to maintain and build muscle, yeah, like, yeah, okay, like keep body weight roughly the same, still progress your training, sleep lots, um, all that good stuff. But from measuring and managing your progress, it can be very difficult. Not doesn't mean it's impossible, but it just does make it a lot more challenging. Also, if you're rolling around maintenance, it's very likely there's going to be some days where you just so happen to maybe move a lot more, maybe you usually have an office job and then all of a sudden you're standing up or you you know maybe move around a lot more, get a lot more steps in, maybe a super hard leg day on that day. So there's going to be some days where you probably creep into a deficit as well. And we know that it's extremely unlikely if you aren't a newbie that you're going to build muscle in a deficit. Can it happen? Yeah, but probably really unlikely. So if there's some days you're creeping into a deficit and then you might have like, you know, three out of seven days of the week actually at maintenance, it's likely you're not really gonna see a major, major difference in, in your muscle growth. Um, this could also correlate towards having consistent, inconsistent mood, inconsistent energy, um, inconsistent hunger signaling. It's kind of like where you, this is why I don't usually like reverse dieting. So what's reverse dieting? Essentially, you finish your fat loss phase, you're really happy with your condition, you're feeling a bit beat up from the diet as expected. There's no diet where you're not gonna feel a little bit beat up and a little bit worse for wear at the end. And the reverse diet approach is where you like just very gradually edge yourself out of it, maybe like 100 calories a week until you get to maintenance. And what happens is that just drags out the the negatives of being in a calorie deficit where you you know feel super fatigued, super food focused, low energy, poor sleep, you know, reduced training performance, um, reduced recovery capabilities. Where if you just go to maintenance, you know, you wash that off really quickly. But if you're going potentially in and out of deficit to maintenance, it's likely you might have that inconsistent hunger signaling. So my journey in the gym so far, if you want to zoom back podcast to where I covered my story and my journey, I won't go on a, a tangent here, uh, but with my journey, I started training when I was about 15 years old, when 
when I spoke in podcast two, I was always a kid that sort of, you know, lacked confidence in himself, was very quiet, just kept to himself, never really fitted in. And once I started training in the gym, that really built a lot of my confidence and self-discipline. I was always a very lazy kid that would just, you know, not do anything, just always complacent, just seek comfort 24-7. And if I, you know, kept rolling through with that, I was also, you know, running a market that age, like I mentioned in the podcast, you know, ended up being kicked out of two schools, not going the right direction. Anyway, so I started when I was 62 kilos. And currently, at the time of this podcast, I'm 96 kilos. So do I think that if I just stayed at maintenance at 62 kilos, that I would have made the same amount of progress and been 96 kilos now? Yes, I know you're probably thinking, if you listened to this podcast before, but Rick, like you mentioned in one of your podcasts, that you use enhancements that you know are going to correlate to you gaining more muscle. Yes, even with enhancements, I do not think I would be able to stay around maintenance calories or maintenance body fat and get to 96 kilos from 62, especially because I was a skinny fat, 62, and I'm about the same kind of body composition, maybe a little bit leaner at 96 kilos. I don't think, um, you know, what's that, 34 kilos is just going to come on at maintenance. So what I learned is that the benefits of going into building phases for periods of time, deficit phases for periods of time is a really good idea. Now, of course, I've made mistakes with how I've gone about these in past. I probably spent way too long in my early days and I try to save so many from doing this when they first start training. Way too long trying to seek abs when I didn't even have that much muscle, so I just end up looking skinny. Um, so early days, or you know, for anyone really, I think it's a good idea to spend the majority of your year at least in a slight surplus or maintenance, rather than a deficit. Because if we're constantly in a deficit, you know, it's very hard to actually transform and change the way you look. Because the the idea of a fat loss phase is to lose body fat. You're not really improving the look and shape of your physique. So with the progress at maintenance, when I did do those phases, I didn't see a whole lot of progress. So this could be like my bias, just from my experience. So those are my thoughts there where I think, you know, and this is probably a good thing to cover. So I actually do have a maintenance phase coming up at, when is it? So I've got, just started week one of my final mesocycle. So that's basically like my next six weeks of training of my mass phase. So I've been running the, the same training program for the past three mesocycles. So basically do six weeks, it was five weeks last time, um, deload, then repeat, deload, repeat. And then I'm going to have a, top, a period of maintenance. Essentially the reason being is because I've had a, you know, what's that, 6, 12, 18, roughly 23 weeks in a, a surplus growth focus. and. Eventually, there comes a time where your body does desensitize to training stimulus, where you sort of get to the point where you've been growing for so long, it starts to shift a little bit more towards um, body fat coming on than actual muscle. And also training volume stimulus starts to desensitize as well, which fancy terminology that you know, you're doing so much training, like at the moment, training six days per week for the first time ever. 
and well not the first time ever, first time in about three years so since I've been online coaching because my biggest check-in day is always um, Friday and Monday and I've always wanted to have them as rest days where now I do my sessions on Fridays in the afternoon which has been an eye-opener I am definitely a morning trainer I think it's way better to get started first thing in the in the morning or at least early in the morning set the tone for the day able to smash caffeine before training without it interfering with sleep but um yeah so we made it work so then over my maintenance phase the goal is to desensitize or resensitize to training volume so i'll probably only be training four days per week volume is going to be very low training volume is going to be enough to just maintain my muscle which based on the research really positive for how lower volume and you probably found this if uh over covid when the lockdowns were going on doing all the home workouts and stuff like that able to hang on to muscle pretty damn easy so resensitize and then also you know like mentioned before uh, i like to keep it real on this podcast and keep it honest there's only so long you can you know escalate uh, enhancements you know before there starts to come a point where it's kind of like yeah give the body some rest you know treat it like a health phase get everything back um, into a really healthy position you know based on my blood work absolutely everything's fine just a couple of little things that um, you know we, we keep on top of as always and that will use that with my like supplementation my cardiovascular health and um, of course lifestyle so just as a way to you know bring things back down so then i'll just go to a you know trt which is basically like a, a replacement dosage for natural testosterone levels i'm sure you probably heard that all over the joe rogan things like that so not my audience for the majority, so kind of pointless talking about that, but if you are someone who's enhanced, that's that's what I'm doing. And that's the goal of the maintenance phase. Now, what are my expectations of the maintenance phase? Maintenance. My goal is to maintain. My goal is not to build muscle. My goal is not to transform the way that I look over a maintenance phase. It's a time to just hold a look, hold the new muscle that I've built, you know, have a little bit more chill time from training, you know, maybe a little bit more focus on some other areas of my life. I might actually pick up a martial art or something like that and have a bit of a psychological break from really pushing the training. But that's where I think they have their place. I don't think it's something that is optimal to actually build muscle. Now, I could be wrong. And if you listen to this and you're like, you know what, fuck it, Rick. I don't care what you say. I'm going to give a maintenance a go for the next year and I'm going to see if I can build a, a heap of muscle. So let's go, like 100%. I encourage you to do it for sure. Um, so with the maintenance phase or building muscle and maintenance, who would I recommend this for? So I would recommend this for absolute newbies fresh in the gym because they are so sensitive to muscle growth that like mentioned, they can sort of do anything and they'll build some muscle. Just got to make sure they use good technique. They've learned to train hard. So learn to get to actually true failure. And as I'm sure you're aware, you look around the gym, not a lot of people are actually going to true failure. Um, And, you know, you see their final rep and it's moving exactly like their first rep. There's no struggle. There's no discomfort. And as always, if you want to grow, discomfort is inevitable. So absolute newbies. If you are someone that is coming back from an injury, you've had an extended period of time off, it might be a good idea to just hold a maintenance. The 
return of muscle that you've already built. Basically, when you build muscle, it sort of like ingrains into your DNA coding. And then, you know, when you return, it just comes back pretty quickly without you having to really push for it. New muscle that you've never had before, that comes with some more work. So if you've maybe gone on a holiday or whilst you're on holiday, like that's an approach I would do too. You just hold a maintenance, enjoy your holiday, chill out, or if you've just come back from a holiday, maybe spend a, a training phase at uh, maintenance, and you probably find that muscle, assuming you didn't train whilst you're on holidays, will come back super, super quickly. And someone who's not super, super focused on comp- body composition goals, like they're not too phased about seeing some cra- crazy progress or you know truly pushing their limits, I assume you've listened to the No Limits podcast, that might not be you, uh, but I understand that if you know you don't really want to push things and really optimize progress, you kind of just want to hold maintenance and kind of just build a little bit of muscle, you know, keep the body composition looking about the same. That's all absolutely fine. So those those are the individuals that I recommend it for. So my final thoughts, I would say, maintenance is best if the goal is maintenance. I personally think that if you want to build muscle, it's a good idea to be in a calorie surplus. Do I mean a massive calorie surplus that just means you're gaining unnecessary weight? No. I think oftentimes, especially with males, and sorry if I come across like a sexist here, um, especially males, I think they way overhype the amount of surplus they need to grow. I know I used to be this, full honesty. Like I used to think if I wasn't gaining a kilo a week, I was not in the right place to build muscle. Now, imagine if you could keep gain a kilo of muscle a week, like for fuck's sake, Rick, what were you thinking, man? <laughs> and I understand it, it can be a dopamine hit for males, especially, you know, unfortunately, it's like we're programmed, every male, to have like either the goal to be like 90 kilos lean or 100 kilos lean and almost not even observe where we're currently at and as always try rush the process to get there and as always muscle can only be built so quick so i think it's very overstated the size of the surplus and this is something i've changed my mind on a lot over the past um, where i would have wanted to see like muscle growth come on very quickly and then realize it's just a whole bunch more body fat and because so much body fat came on it results in having to be in a deficit for longer which is more time you're unable very unlikely to build muscle so i think the and then you know for for females as well something i find just because i just mentioned male part i find the females and this of course isn't everyone but i find females struggle a bit with seeing the number on the scale trend up and males like almost embrace it and get excited by it too much and females almost shy away from it too much and just want it to stay the same so of course i could be wrong there um, just from what i've seen but from the females that i've worked with and the ones that have embraced seeing the scale trend up over time and embracing the positives as always flip the perspective if you know you don't like the idea of the scale weight trending up focus more on your training performance focus more on how you feel focus more on having more fuel to you know smash your day and not be tired all the time you recover way better you're way stronger you can do more in the gym 
you know, you've got more calories to fit in for social occasions. So flip the perspective. But I think um, either way, there's going to be challenges with a building phase. And then with the surplus, I think ideally it would be a wise move to be a little bit more conservative than maybe if you're a male, um, a little bit more conservative than you would like it to be uh, in reality. So what I would say is striking for about 0.5% of your body weight per per um, month. So what does that mean? So 0.5%. So if you're a 100 kilo male and you, well, that's a, it's just for easy numbers, but if, yeah, if you're a 100 kilo male, congratulations, and you're, you're going into a building phase now. But if you're going into a building phase, you're 100 kilo male, 0.5% gain on average per month is about being at 105 kilos at the end of the month. And then for a female, if you're 50 kilos, that means you're about 50.25 kilograms at the end of the month. So that would be my approach instead of maintenance, just aiming for a very, very minor surplus. So at least you know that you're at least in a very, very anabolic environment and you're not potentially dipping into a deficit a couple of days where you may be really not giving yourself the best opportunity to grow. Now, like I mentioned, I could absolutely be wrong and I definitely think this is something that I'll use from my experience and my worldview. I understand there are different worldviews. Some individuals may have had different experiences and this is just my thoughts. So hopefully uh, the question was answered and hopefully you know, shown that there is potential to maintenance phases if you want to build muscle. But like I mentioned, I think it's better to have less vague goals set the right tone for the, the job at hand, have clarity with your goals, and I find we are going to get a lot more from our progress that way. So thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you're having a great day, and make sure you be careful when you're walking around pools. And as always, appreciate you listening in, and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.